0: their first Death Valley win since 1999, Auburn delivers a 24-19 victory Saturday night, and volleyball sweeps Alabama in a two-game series for their first in-conference wins of the season. Hey everybody, I am your host Kristen Carr and welcome back to another episode of Page a Podcast brought to you by the Auburn Plainsmen. Thank you again for joining us this week. We are going to be breaking down the Auburn-LSU game on Saturday, and then we are also going to be looking ahead to the Georgia game on Saturday, and we're going to do a little bit of a breakdown of Auburn sweeping Alabama in volleyball, the Iron Bowl of volleyball. So that was a really fun game, but let's jump in. We have Henry Zimmer here today with us. Hello, how are you doing? All right, and Henry was there at the game for us, uh, for the Plainsmen, and got to be in that environment. What was that like?
1: So Death Valley is loud. I had never been, uh, and they're not lying about it being loud. They have fireworks pregame. They've got a cannon fire. They have their NFLSU uh, video play. So that is definitely a crazy environment, and them having home field advantage definitely is a factor. Um, as for the game, I think one thing to note, is Auburn kind of had this bend-but-don't-break mentality. If you look at how the actual scoring of the game went, uh, and you look at LSU, for example, they had their huge drive to start the game. I mean, Kayshawn Booty had 99 receiving yards on one single drive, but he didn't have every single play. So, I mean, that, you know, LSU almost had 150 yards on one drive because they had a 31-yard loss on a fumble, but Kayshawn Booty diced up Auburn at wide receiver and scored. But that was LSU's only touchdown of the night. I know it sounds weird to say, and even if you've watched the entire game, you, you might be thinking to yourself, that can't be right, but it is right. LSU <laughs> only scored one touchdown that entire game. The rest of their points were 4K New York field goals, and I think that's a huge storyline that almost goes unnoticed, because you look at Bo Nix making all his, you know, running around for his life like a chicken with his head cut off, but... <laughs> Auburn's defense stepped up. Derek Hall, Colby Wooden stepped up. Owen Papo was not in the games. Akevious Walker, TD Moultrie didn't travel due to injury. Uh, But the guys that were there stepped up. I mean, it didn't look great on paper when you see these guys on defense that are missing. These are big, strong bodies down low. And, you know, Owen Papo at at linebacker, his presence is always needed. You know, you, you can't have enough of those type of guys back there, but Auburn made it work on defense and they, Probably had their best defensive performance of the year, but it just came in, in in a different way. You know, they didn't get they had one takeaway, right? They had that pick right at the very end on Max, uh, Max Johnson's last pass. But they were pressuring that kid all night long. They had two sacks, might even be more. I think it was only two, um, and they were getting deflections. They were stopping the run, though the score was twenty four to nineteen, and though Auburn played down for almost that entire game. Auburn's defense was the dominant factor for sure in LSU. And by the end of the game, the Auburn fan base was the loudest fan base. And Auburn got it done. They made it work. It wasn't pretty, but a win's a win. Auburn moved up four spots in the rankings because of it. And, you know, now we're here. Now it's Monday.
0: Yeah. And I think um, you touched on this a little bit, how, you know, LSU did score on that first drive and um, scored a touchdown on that first drive. And then the defense keeping them out of the end zone – for the remainder of the game, what do you think that says about the defense's ability to um, adapt to sort of understand what they're seeing and and change up whatever they're doing to make the execution so so well done for the rest of the game? Yes,
1: you said adapt, and that's what we had Derek Hall post game. Derek Hall said, you know, we have to make adjustments on the fly. That's what this defense is. That's how Derek Mason does it. Is they are. They'll start the very first play of the game. They'll have one defense. By the end of the game, they're not even running the defense you can recognize from that first play, right? So that's the whole idea is making the adjustments. Auburn does traditionally, at least in this system, that kind of back off zone coverage. And LSU saw it. They knew what it was coming. They're a pass first team. And they dice it up. They threw underneath the entire game, or at least that entire drive. And they ran right down the field and scored with it. So Auburn said, okay. That's not going to work. We can't make that a consistent strategy. So what are we going to do? We're going to press Keyshawn Booty. We're going to try and get to the quarterback in a little better of a fashion. We're going to get there faster now and make Max Johnson roll out. And a lot of the plays that LSU had were Max Johnson on his legs. And that's not going to win LSU games is having their quarterback run around the field. It may win Auburn games, but that's not the way LSU's offense works. So the adjustments made in the secondary specifically definitely impact LSU's ability to throw. I know they had, I think, over 350 yards, but Max Johnson only completed 20 passes and only one of them was a touchdown. So the rest of them were only to get field goals. So, you know, as a defensive coordinator, sure, you let up one big play and they almost let up a big play at the very end of Booty when he kind of fumbled that ball on the sideline. That could have ended in a very different score for this game, but he didn't catch it and Auburn was right there on it and they got a pick at the very last play on fourth and I think it was fourth and eight or seven or six, but the defense adjusted, the D line adjusted to the personnel, and they made it work. You know, against Georgia, they're going to do the same thing. Whoever's available, you got to win football games, and so win them how you can, win to your strengths. And the secondary didn't look like the best grouping on Auburn's team the past couple games, but they definitely stepped up and made plays when it mattered. Uh, Jalen Simpson deserves a huge shout out for coming off the bench and making open space tackles when he needed to and forcing some situations that LSU didn't want to be in. And uh, yeah, I mean, the secondary stepped up and defensive line stepped up, linebackers did what they needed to do. And Auburn kept a a pass first team out of the end zone. So I think, you know, that's a win if you take more victories like that.
0: Yeah, I think you're exactly right on that. Just... With them being able to make those tackles in the open field, uh, that's going to be exactly what they're going to need to do against Georgia and then being able to execute in that way. But I also want to ask you about the the sort of trick play sort of thing that happened at the beginning of the second half. And Harson is kind of look, looking like he likes his trick plays here. And he started the second half off with an onside kick. Um, What do you think about that?
1: So if you go back actually to when Harson first started coaching, coaching the team, not right when he was hired, but when he was actually coaching the team, you know, back last spring, when you go to practice and you go to A-Day, you know, he, he threw some little wrinkles in there, some little running back passes, some little uh, flea flicker type stuff. So he's not afraid to run something a little kooky. And they opened up a game uh, when they were down with an onside kick. And if you look at it, it was pretty close. I mean, onside kicks aren't necessarily the – you know, the highest percentage plays you can run. But it, the the kick was there, and I think they caught him by surprise, and the play was available. And postgame, you know, Harson was asked about it, and he laughed, and he was like, you know, we saw it. There's something we wanted to run eventually, and we thought, you know, what better time? Come surprise him. Let's get this ball back. It ended up not mattering. Again, if LSU had gone down and scored a touchdown right there, then this play would be the biggest play of the game. It ended up not mattering. I don't think you're going to be able to fool somebody like Georgia like that. Um, I'm not sure that's going to be your best strategy, but it was obviously something that coaches saw that LSU was susceptible to throughout the year, and they were susceptible to it. Auburn almost got it, but they didn't end up getting it. Again, it didn't matter. LSU had great field position and couldn't capitalize. They only got a field goal out of that possession. So, again, you harken back to the defensive thing. Obviously, they felt confident in the defense. You know, If we don't get this ball, we can hold them right here. So I guess in theory it's a win-win for Auburn knowing that your defense will stop them or you get the ball back. So either way, you're getting the ball back. Maybe you're down only three points, best case scenario, but, you know, it, it worked out for Auburn. So I guess it's not the craziest play. Maybe it's a gutsy call, but it ended up not mattering. So maybe we'll never see another onside kick from Auburn, but it's in their pocket. I think now teams know they got it. You know, we'll see if it ever comes back out.
0: Yeah, and I think it's kind of funny Um is so different from what we saw from Gus on, And to have... Uh, I, I like it. I like that it's gutsy. Um, yeah, it is a little bit risky. Um, so you sort of have to be careful and, and uh, straddle the line there. But, um, you know, it, it's good to see at least something new and um, and something a little bit gutsy. And right. that just kind of shows, okay, yeah, we are willing to go... And try new things. We're willing to take some risks and really make sure that we're taking advantage of every single play call that we have, at you know, at our expense. And I think it's a it's a nice look. I I mean, although like you said, it didn't end up mattering a whole lot, and it ended up working out. It could in another game, Very and well. so you might as well try it. And you know, like you said, I mean, I guess best case scenario, you end up getting giving up three points or. or Seven points or whatever, but you know, the defense. I think you touched on this a little bit. He really does trust his defense, and um, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Harson really has this trust for his players, and it's, it's really nice to see. Um, and I know it might sound a little bit strange seeing that he did bench Bo Nix last week, but I think there is this underlying, um, attitude that he has towards his players that he really does have faith in them and he he knows their potential and what they're capable of and he's just trying to get it out of him and so now we're going to talk a bit about Bo Nix. and um I know for from what I saw I I could not respect Bo Nix more after this game and I think the way that he Handled getting benched last week with such grace and poise, and then coming into this game, he had a fire like I've never seen him have before. He was, it was like in his blood the other night, like he wanted to win so bad, and you could tell it was just with every ounce of his being. He was like, I'm gonna prove that I'm the right person for this team and that I'm going to lead this team what what is your take on him
1: typical Auburn right you know you bench a quarterback against the Sun Belt team and that same quarterback comes and breaks a 22 year old losing streak uh, but no Bo Nix showed you why he's the guy moving forward right so if you go back to Georgia the Georgia State game TJ Finley he rolls out of the pocket he's not a terribly mobile guy you know he's not thinking of running that ball ever and he kind of, he rolls around, comes back into the pocket where he, where he settles in, where he's more comfortable, makes throw to sector Jackson, and they win the game. T.J. Finley's not a mobile quarterback, so he's not doing what Bo Nix was able to do against LSU. And what Bo Nix was able to do with his legs and moving around, he had 74 rushing yards, that was the difference maker on offense. The run game was stalled out up until that very last drive when Jarquez Hunter kind of took over. But Bo Nix making plays on his feet won Auburn the game outside, at least on offense, outside of the defensive uh, stops they got. And that's what you get in Bo Nix. And that's what, as a defense, you have to plan for when playing Auburn. And Bo talks about it after the game, and so did Harson that they had practiced. Bo, let's get you on your legs a little more. Maybe maybe stepping up in the pocket's not where you're the most comfortable, but obviously you're comfortable running around. You're obviously comfortable running around making throws, making guys mix, miss running back 15 yards, and then running back up 15 yards and making a throw across the field to some random tight end you'd never thrown to before, right? So, like, maybe that's where you are strongest, so let's start doing a little more of that. And the LSU players after the game were like, we simply couldn't tackle this guy. We didn't game plan (laughs) for him to be this mobile during this specific game, and it's what ended up beating us, and they were fully aware of it. And he had 74 yards on the ground, which, you know, is not a crazy stat number, but— I think it was the second highest he'd ever had. And he was six yards short of leading the game in rushing, which Jarquise Hunter led by only 80 yards. So he was the second leading rusher in the game as a guy you almost kind of forget runs around. So he did what had to be done. And I think you see that. They Again, a lot of the plays weren't pretty. But, you know, at least for Auburn, I don't think national championship is where they're thinking right now. So if just winning NCC football games and just ending the season high and you know going to a big bowl game and winning, mm-hmm. if that's where your, your ceiling is, Bo Nix is your guy to get you there with TJ coming off the bench and giving you some little oomph here and there, like a similar situation uh, with Joey Gatewood. And I know people probably still call for TJ to come back in, and obviously he got in on that third drive, which, by the way, was scripted. That was a complete planned uh, drive for him to get in there. So that was not a performance bench. That was a you know, just get this kid in there. He's deserved. He deserves the play. But, uh, Bo, Bo with his legs, Bo is a dual threat quarterback. I think that's what we have to realize with Bo three years later is he's a dual threat quarterback. And maybe sometimes the coaching staff forgets about it. Maybe sometimes Bo forgets about it, but at his best is when you see Bo running around, running around, creating and making plays because when you can extend a play out, you can catch a defender, who takes one yes. false step and that receiver is gone. And Bo is capable of making those throws to get the ball to those guys when everything else goes awry. So LSU is a great example of it. Things are going to go awry, most likely on Saturday against Georgia. And if we see the Bo that we saw this weekend, you know maybe things are close at the end against this Georgia team that obviously has shown that they're <laughs> the best team in the nation or at least 1A. Uh, they're currently ranked two, so that'll be a tough one. But Bo, he had a bad game one time against a not great team. That doesn't mean that he's a bad football player. And he showed again why he deserves to be out on this field and why Auburn was so high on him a couple years back for getting him to Auburn.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think um, he really proved himself. I think uh, he he's done it again and again. But um, I think more time than any other... This game was sort of a a make or break for him, um, because, like you said, there are a lot of people who are calling for TJ Finley, and you know, I honestly thought like if he did not do well, you know, TJ Finley would probably end up continuing to get a start, absolutely, and um, you know, and we were we were kind of looking, okay, what is he gonna do with this? And he ends up delivering in such a great way, and um, I think it speaks to his character his mentality um the way that he can go into a game like that and and have that like almost ironclad block out the noise exactly exactly and um that that just speaks to to what kind of a um, mental toughness that he has and absolutely um really really nice to see that from him and um like you know you were saying looking ahead to georgia right um what what do you think that auburn is gonna have to do to win because like you said you know it seems like Bo is really at his best when he is scrambling around so that's really he almost' it's like he feels that pressure and he has to make it work and he makes the play even if it's a you know completely busted play he makes something happen you think that's gonna be the same type of um mentality that they're gonna go in with this week against Georgia? Do you think they're going to try to calm them down a little bit? What What would you say?
1: So through two games against Penn State and LSU, Auburn hasn't allowed a sack. And, you know, the O-line gets a lot of flack for how good or lack thereof they are, at least in people's minds, uh, fan-wise. Um, but they haven't allowed a sack, right? And so now they're going to go against one of the best D-lines, if not the best D-line in the nation. That being said, there's going to be times when protection collapses and Bo's going to have to get out of the pocket. I think everybody who is in their right mind would know that. And so we're going to have to see Bo extend some plays. You're going to have to make them work. He's going to have to run around. He's going to have to create something out of nothing, probably three, four, five times in this game. If, you know, the run game stalls or if they can't get something going in the passing game and they have to result just to the run. But The key, I think, for Georgia is what running back is going to help block in the pass game when needed. Sean Shivers is a lot of times that guy, but when you put Sean Shivers out there, most of the time it's on third down and you need to get him in the flat and he's going to get you that first down. So he's probably not going to be pass protecting a lot. Tank Bigsby's a lot of the time, your guy, you give the ball to on first and second down, just run straight, get us some yards. Tank's a capable blocker in the backfield, but Georgia can definitely circumvent that. And then you go to Jarquise Hunter, who's kind of a broader guy, kind of molds the two uh, between Shivers and Bigsby together. You know, can he, as a freshman, step up and make some big plays, hitting some dudes in the knee to give Bo that extra second, give Bo that extra half second, um, especially when you know you're going against probably the best defense in the nation and you're going to need that extra second if your line can't hold up or if, you know, a tight end misses his block and you got a free runner Who's going to be that guy that's going to help give Bo that extra second to do something wacky like he did against LSU? And uh, that's going to be huge. I know that's, that's a really random point to watch for, but who's going to be that running back that's going to help Bo win? Inevitably, they need to start making some passes. You can't run the ball every play of the game. So it's going to have to come. There's going to be a third and long somewhere in there. You know, who's going to help out, you know, maybe pass catching too, but definitely making a block for Bo or setting an edge or, you know, being the lead blocker for Bo if he takes the ball with him. So it's going to be a tough, fought game. Auburn's got their work cut out for him against the number two team in the nation. But as we've seen in the past two Auburn away games in Penn State and LSU, home field advantage matters. And when you lose at home field advantage, the away team can come out victorious like we saw last week and when the home team advantage is there the entire game You can see some plays that rattle an offense that's visiting. And, you know, Penn State wins a game like that. So Auburn's got a great home field advantage. Everybody in the football realm knows that. If Auburn can pack out that stadium like they think they can, you know, you add that extra level to your team. You add that extra, you know, fire in your heart. And, you know, maybe Auburn can make something happen.
0: All right. And we are going to be right back um, with some predictions for next week's game against Georgia in just a second.
1: Hey, this is Collins Keith, podcast writer for The Plainsman. If you like this podcast and would like to support the organization and our team, you can visit our website at theplainsman.com and click on the button in the upper right-hand corner that says Donate. You'll be supporting over 127 years of local, editorially independent journalism right here at Auburn. Thank you so much in advance, and now back to the show.
0: Okay, Henry, if you had to choose right now, who do you think is going to win, Georgia or Auburn?
1: I know, it's not a, that's a trap question, isn't it? Um, so last <laughs> week I had LSU winning, I'll admit it. Uh, I had them putting up a lot of points on Auburn's defense, and Auburn completely proved me wrong. So this week, I'll um, we'll change course. I'll pick Auburn to win at home. Uh, as right. I mentioned, home field advantage, big. I think Auburn wins a close one. They get potentially George's backup quarterbacks that's embedded out on the field, and they make some plays on a lesser-experienced guy. Um the key takeaway on defense makes a difference late and Auburn wins on a field goal. You can pick your score, but Auburn wins by two (laughs) or three points.
0: I am probably going to go along with you as well. I think that home field advantage for Auburn is going to go a long way. Um, And I also feel like the momentum that they are carrying from the LSU game is too big to just throw away. So I think that if Bo can do what he was doing last week they've got a chance i really do and i know that might seem optimistic but georgia they are well, like you said one of the best teams in the country but they do their holes in every team right there there are weaknesses be yeah everyone can be beaten so i think that uh i think that it's possible so who we will see all right we are going to wrap it up today by talking a little bit of volleyball. We had Auburn sweeping Alabama this past weekend in an amazing two-series win. They looked so good, and Coach Crouch was just so proud of his team, and he said, we just executed at a higher level, and um, I think that's a great summary. Um, They really showed what all they are capable of. And just to give you a little bit of a taste um, of these statistics, you know, you had Rebecca Rath with 16 kills, two aces and five blocks. Um, You had Liz Reach with 11 kills. You had Val Green with 17 kills and two blocks. And then Tatum Shipes with three kills and seven blocks. So these ladies are just firing on all cylinders and they are getting more and more just aggressive and executing at such a high level as they go into the season. And then they're going to be facing Arkansas, so another SEC team um next. And that'll be a really interesting thing to see. You know, can they execute against Arkansas like they did against Alabama? We will see. Um, but yeah, they will be facing Arkansas on October the 9th at 5 p.m. And that game will be streamed on SEC network plus if you want to take a watch and that is going to be all for today guys thank you so much for listening and for supporting us as always we really do appreciate it and I know for myself it means so much that people take the time to listen so thank you guys so much and we're going to be having another episode out for you guys next Wednesday so hang on for that and that one was going to be recapping the Georgia game so it should be a good one You've been listening to Page Podcasts, Podcast brought to you by the Auburn Plainsman. I am your host, Kristen Carr, and I'm signing off.